still sets the captives free. He's still the God who blesses. And so, you know, that's my prayer right now, that He's setting folk free. He's healing broken hearts, breaking yokes of bondage. But most of these have dealt with the letter R. And the first one was, you've got to recognize things in my heart. Recognize things in my life. And many times we don't want to do that. So many times in our life, we, we lift this thing up called the rug of life, and we sweep them under there, and, and we don't want to deal with them. But if I don't recognize them, guys, I'm never going to walk in freedom. I don't care who we are. And so even like hatred, hatred is from the root of bitterness. And if I walk around with hatred and bitterness, it's not going to be well with me. Not going to be well with you. The second one is responsibility. I must learn to take responsibility for my life. In other words, I can't keep blaming everyone. And many times, you know what, people say, well, bless God, this is just how I am. No, that's just an excuse. We've got to let God help us and change us. The third one is the thing we do, we must repent and walk in forgiveness. And when we repent and walk in forgiveness, there's a, a refreshing that will come to us. The fourth one is when we begin to renounce things. Patterns of sin or things that have happened in our lives. And that means to deal with them. So I believe for every one of us, we must have a, a, a hatred for evil. I must hate evil. I must hate those things. But also, I believe each one of us must become very remorseful. But also, you can be remorseful and still not change. And so to be remorseful, i got to do a 180. i got to get away from things. And so the fifth one today we're going to talk about is the letter R, and it means to remove. So we're going to deal with this today. Go with me to the book of Romans chapter 5. As you're turning there, um, you know, in the thing called uh, the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, and I'll highlight the word commandments, it's not the ten suggestions, not the ten multiple choices, but the Ten Commandments, the very first one, it says that, we're to, to love God, that there should be no other God before us. Only Him. And so when you see that, God's character demands loyalty. Actually in Exodus 20, it talks about that God is a jealous God. And so God doesn't want us to have any other gods before Him or even images. What's an image? Well, things. Things that pull us away from God. 1 John 2.15 says... Love not the things of the world. Don't love the things the world has to offer. And so when I look at those things, in every one of our lives, there's going to be a pull on us. And the pull is, I'm either going to love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, which is Matthew 22, 36, or I'm going to let the world dominate me. And the world is the root or the basis of sin. And so these are things each one of us have to look at and Throughout this last week, guys, when I was in here praying, I began to sense this real strong, that in our nation right now, there is literally being birthed a, another civil war. And I believe it's in the spirit realm. And, and in the civil war, guys, that was based on freedom. Well, I believe that's what's happened in our nation. And there's becoming such a line in our nation for the things of God or for the things of the world. And I believe from right now until when Jesus comes you're going to begin to see this battle between good and bad, evil and, and righteous, light and dark, every day, more and more and more and more. A pull on you. 
You know, I'm, I'm a half a hundred now, and I think back to years and years of my life, how I've seen the progression of sin in our nation. And Jesus warns us of these things, guys, but the bottom line is, it's going to continually to progress. But I got to wear the things of God, and I got to look to God. I got to keep serving Him. So we're going to begin this morning, Romans chapter 5, and I'm going to read different passages of Scripture in here, beginning in verse 12. I encourage you to read this whole passage. Romans 5, verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all have sinned. All of us have sinned, guys. Now, if you really pay close attention to that verse, there's two things that are really associated in that verse. The first thing he brings up is sin. The, the, the thing that goes head and hand and foot and toe and everything with sin is death. And so he makes this comment here that at the first he says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, the devil did not have access into this world or to humanity until mankind gave him access. In other words, sin entered the door. You know how? Adam opened the door. Now we can sit here and discuss this, but I, I want you to think for a little bit. When Adam sinned, what did he do that was so bad that gave the devil access to the world? Now think about it. If you've ever studied there in Genesis about what Adam did, he didn't kill anybody. Adam wasn't out cheating on Eve. He didn't rob a bank. He wasn't out doing all these pitiful things. You know what the sin was that opened the door for the, to the devil to come into him? Disobedience. He just flat out disobeyed God. What God said to him, what did God tell him? He said, listen dude, you can eat from any tree in this garden. But that one. And so which one did Adam eat from? That one. And so because of that, it introduced, or sin entered this world, and so because of what Adam did, his disobedience, we have to battle it to this day. Skip with me to verse number 18 for time's sake. Therefore, as through one man's offense, his false step or his falling away or his disobedience, Judgment came to all men resulting in condemnation. Now if you look at that right there, what associated with sin right here? Judgment and condemnation. Keep reading. Even so, through one man's righteous act or obedience, which was Jesus, the free gift came to all men. So every one of us in here, guys, we're eligible for this free gift. And the free gift of Jesus, it says, resulting in justification of life. And so when you let Jesus come in, you're going to get to, to experience justification in life. And to really understand these words that he's using, think about this in a court of law, with Father God being the, the presiding judge. And the devil comes in and he starts making accusations about every one of us in this room. He starts saying to, to Father God how we've all missed it, we've all sinned, and we have. And he says, they don't deserve anything. And you know what? He's right. 
And I believe in this court of law that Jesus is sitting there listening to everything that the devil says. And Jesus never says a word. You know what he does? He sticks up his hands. And he points to the print. And then he lifts up his shirt and he shows him the back. And you know what Father God says? Paid in full, right there. Paid in full for every one of us. So what Jesus did in this court of law, by His justification, we were all acquitted. Even though we didn't deserve it. And not only we were acquitted, we were put in right standing because of what He did. Now what happens after this, is humanity now, until Jesus comes back, has been put on probation. What does that mean? That if I do what Father God has asked me to do, as far as obeying Him, I'm going to walk in blessings. But if I get outside of that boundary, you know what? I get back over into sin. Now, just hold your finger right there. Skip over to chapter 8 and verse 1. i got to read this. This will help you right here, understand what I'm, I'm saying. I, you need to understand this, guys. Get this. Verse 1 of Romans 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So because of Jesus, I don't have to walk in condemnation. But look at the next part of that verse. He says here, Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So when I walk according to the Spirit, guys, there's not going to be a condemnation. But when I get back over and I start living in my flesh, you better get ready. Verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So when I go through this life, I'm either going to go through it living for Jesus and experiencing life in Christ Jesus, or I'm going to go through it under the law of sin and death. Now back to Romans chapter... Jesus set us up for victory, guys. Jesus paid a huge price. Keep going with me. Chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Well, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And this is big right now. Teachings going around that said, you know what? You can do whatever you want. You live under the law of grace. Pastor, do you believe in grace? I absolutely. I believe in grace. But he asked the question here. Shall we continue to live in sin that grace may abound? And look at Paul's response in verse 2. Certainly not. Why? How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? So for me as a Christian to continue in sin, guys, this is totally and entirely contrary to the gospel. This was not what God intended for us to do. And so what grace is there is to try to help me from not sinning. And in each one of our lives, as human beings, we're not going to be perfect, guys. But as a believer, when I sin, it should bother me. Before I gave my heart to Jesus and I sinned, it didn't bother me. I'd care less. Why? What do sinners do? Now this is going to be deep for some of you. They sin. They sin and we sin well. But once I get born again, man, when I blow it, 
It ought to bother me where I want to repent and say, Father God, forgive me. Now through the chapter 6 here, there's, there's several verses that really stick out to me. Look at, at Romans 6, verse number 6. And he says here, Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, or inoperative, with that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Now right there, this I don't have to live and you don't have to live a slave to sin. He's telling us right there, because you do not have to be a slave to sin. Look at verse 12. Therefore do not let sin reign where? In your mortal or your physical body, that you should obey it in its lust. It's the second one, guys. You don't have to live under the lusts of the flesh. You don't have to do that. And the third one that really sticks out is Romans six fourteen. He said, For sin shall not have dominion over you. And so there's three promises right there for Je- from Jesus or through the Apostle Paul that I must get in my life. I don't have to be dominated by sin. And maybe you have for years of you don't have to be. But I play a part in that. What's the part? Well, let's keep reading. Verse 15. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you... Now that would be a good part to underline or highlight. To whom you present your slaves to obey, you are that one slave whom you obey. Now what I obey becomes a choice. What I obey becomes a choice. And you know the old Hollywood saying, well, the devil made me do it. The only devil that made you do it is the one you're looking at in the mirror. I'm going to tell you right now, you choose to do those things. So right here he's telling me, whom you present yourself to. Keep reading. Whether of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience that leads to righteousness. Now, me and you every day, you know what we're working on? We're working on this verse right here. In my life, I'm working on sin that leads to death. Or I'm working on, what was the second one? I'm working on obedience which leads to righteousness. I'm working on something. And so I believe this with all my heart. Because we've got to get on our heart where we say, I'm going to obey God. I'm going to live for God. That's what I'm going to start working on. Verse 17. But God be thanked that you were slaves of sin. Now notice that. You were slaves of sin. Yet you obeyed. You answered. You responded. You, 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 you submitted without reservation. From where? From the heart. That form of doctrine or that form of the word of God which delivered you. Now man, I'm telling you guys, some of you need to get this right there. That when I begin to obey God from my heart and I obey the Word of God, what did He say would occur? You'd be delivered. You know what deliverance is? You'd be set free. So once again, the law of sin and death doesn't have to dominate me. When I begin to say, okay, Father God, I'm going to live for you. Now, I believe personally that's where grace kicks in. Where grace says, I'm going to help you. I'm going to empower you today. To keep running the race. Keep going forward. Verse 18. 
And having been set free from sin, you've become slaves of righteousness. In other words, you're listening to a new master. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanliness and of lawlessness or wickedness, which led to more wickedness, so now present your members of slaves of righteousness for holiness. So you know what he's telling me here? And there's a choice who I'm going to present my life to. i got to begin to say, okay, Father, I'm going to live for you. I'm going to begin to trust you. Verse 20. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to life. You did what you wanted is what he's talking about. Verse 21. What was the fruit or what benefit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. Now let me ask you that right there. When you begin to walk in sin, what benefit was there? What fruit was there? And he said the end result, you're going to be ashamed. How many of you have ever done stuff in your past that you were ashamed of? Man, I've done buku's things. And there's times, I, I would hate some of the stuff I did before I knew Jesus that you all knew. Because I was that good of a sinner. And what he's telling us right here, when you get over and live a life of sin, you're going to have a fruit that accompanies it, and it's going to be shameful. So what's the, what's the conclusion here? Verse 22. But now, having been set free from sin, and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness or sanctification, and the end of it's everlasting life. So you know what you decided? I'm going to start eating some different fruit. I don't like the fruit of sin. I'm going to eat the fruit of God. Now look at verse 23. For the wages of sin. How much of you knew that sin had some wages? It had a, a, a ration. It had a payment. It had a pension plan. What's the payment of sin? For the wages of sin is death. I still believe that, guys. That I can't think that I can go through this life and live in sin without there being consequences. But the gift of God, God's pension plan, is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And when you study Jesus' life, and many of you will remember John 10, 10 says, Jesus came to give me life, and that more abundantly. And so I get to choose. My wages. Am I going to live for sin or am I going to live for Jesus? And each one of us have a huge choice to make. Now, I'm, I'm going to quote a scripture here. But in Second Chronicles 16, verse 9, it says, The eyes of the Lord go to and fro across the earth. And God is looking to show Himself strong on behalf of those who are very good looking. Those who have a real high IQ. Those who have obtained a lot of money. It's not what any of it says, guys. It says the eyes of the Lord go for it, and He's looking to show Himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to Him. God is looking for the loyal heart. You know what I believe the loyal heart is? Is the seekers. The ones that are passionately seeking God. Hebrews eleven six says that He is and He is reward of those who diligently seek Him. And so I believe it's a magnet to God. And whether you like this or not, 
God's eyes right now are scanning the earth. God's eyes are like a Doppler radar. And His radar beams when He hits to someone that's loyal. What does that loyal mean? The Amplified says a heart that's blameless. The New American Standard says a heart that's completely His. The NIV says a fully committed heart. So you know what that tells me? I can't live in the world one day and live for God the next. And so when I live within the means of what God wants to do in my life, He's going to bless me. He's going to bless me. Now I want you to go to the book of Joshua chapter 7. Joshua chapter 7. And we're going to get in here the, the next few minutes about how each one of us are responsible to remove things from our life that aren't good. That aren't good for our lives. Now, as you're turning to Joshua 7, that's way back there in the front. Let me tell you what's going on here. Moses is dead now. Remember, Moses is the one who led him out of Egypt. But they never did get to the promised land. So God has put Joshua in charge, and God tells Joshua, you lead him up to the promised land. You know what the promised land is? That's the blessed life. That's the abundant life. And that's the fulfilled life. And so that's where God wants each one of us. So they're on their way, and as they're going on the way, they're, they're fighting battle after battle. But every opposition they face, they're wiping them out. I mean, just wiping them out. And so they're coming to a little city called Ai, and they send up some spies, and the spies come back and tell Joshua, he said, man, there's not many of them. Actually, they're a weak people. We can wipe them out. Only send two or 3,000 men up there, and we'll wipe them out in a day. So Joshua does that. After the battle, the men of Israel come back, and they've been defeated. They lose. 36 men die in this battle. And so when Joshua gets word of it, you know what he does? He gets on his face and he starts talking to God, or I like to say complaining to God. And basically, you know what he was saying? What's up, God? You led us over the Jordan River. You said, we're going to go into the promised land. What's up, God? How can we lose? See, I don't know if you've ever been there. I've been there. Well, that's been my thought a lot. What's up, God? Why is all hell broke loose in my life? You want to see God's response to this? Look in verse 10, and this is where we'll begin. So the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? You know, I think that's good a lot of times when the Lord says, get up. Get up, quit whining. You sound pitiful. Just get up. Verse 11, now get this. Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them. For they have even taken some of the cursed things and have stolen and deceived, and they've also put it among their own stuff. Now what he's talking about here, in previous battles there were things God told them. You don't steal these when you go in. You don't take these spoils. And they did. And so if you'll notice there, he said, for they have sinned and they've broke my commandment. Now you've got to understand my covenant is what God's saying. God is not a covenant breaker. God does not. God is not a man that he should lie. God's word does not change. And so the only way in the covenant that we have for Father God can be broken is because of me. Because of you. Because our choices. 
And when we get in here and think we can sin and God's going to bless it, not going to happen for you or me. Keep reading, verse 12. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies. But they turned their backs before their enemies because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed things from among you. And so did you read that? God said, you're never going to be able to whip these enemies. You're doomed to destruction unless what? You remove those things from your life. So in other words, you know what He's told them? You've breached the covenant, boys, because of your choices. Pastor, do you believe we can do that? Absolutely, I do. I do, and I believe this is why the Lord's talking about it. And I understand, guys, these aren't fun things to talk about. But I think this is the thing that leads us to sanctification, where God can begin to move in our lives again. We want to be set free. I'm going to tell you, when we live this way, it's not going to happen. Verse 13, now look at the words in here. Get up and sanctify the people. Now we've been talking about sanctifying. You know how we sanctify ourselves? The way we repent the way we forgive, and the way we rid ourselves of sin. So he tells them here, sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. In other words, get right with me. And say, thus says the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in your midst, O Israel, and you cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the cursed things from among you. And so what Father God instructs Joshua to do, he says, I want you to get every tribe of Israel and I want you to march everyone in here man by man and we're going to find out who has all these things that have caused us all these problems. And so God's wanting to expose it. He's wanting them to get rid of it. Why? So God can slap them and be, No. So He can bless them. So they're not doomed to destruction. So they can stand against their enemies. So pick up with me in verse 19. And this is of the tribe of Judah. Now Joshua said to Achan, who was out of the tribe of Judah, My son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession to Him and tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. You know when he was saying make confession? He said, listen dude, you've got to repent. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I have done. Now listen. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver, and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them. I desired them. Now remember, in 1 John 2.15, we quoted these. Love not the world. Love not the things of the world. And this is what this guy did. He started think, taking all these things. And you know what he was thinking? These things will make me happy. These things will make my life full. Guys, they won't. They won't bring you happiness. They may bring you a little more uh, a convenience, but they won't make you The only way you're ever going to experience true peace and, and happiness and joy is through God. If you don't believe me, just watch the news. 
I mean, if you saw the news last night, I, I don't know the lady's name. Some of you may be able to help me. But she was the 27-year-old uh, Amy such and such. Thank you. Winehouse. She was a sinker. She had everything, guys, that the world had to offer. She had fame. She had fortune. But she didn't have Jesus. She didn't have peace. You can have all the things in the world, guys. I don't know about you. I love the peace of God. I love the peace of God. And so just like this guy named Aiken here, so many times we think, oh, if I just had a new Harley, I'd be so happy. Not. If I just had... And see, we get over in that. And this is what he did. So Joshua sends messengers to his house and he gets it now. Pick up with me in verse 24. Then Joshua and all of Israel with him took Achan the son of Zerah, the silver, the garment, the wedge of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had, and they brought them to the valley of Accor. Now as you read verse 24, what I really want to point out there is sin not only affects me, if you'll notice here, sin affected his sons, it affected his daughters. It affected his entire household. You know why? Because when we begin to sin, and I'm just going to clarify, when the head of the household, the man gets over on sin, there's an umbrella over our roof, and all the sin that we do, men, it comes into our home. And whether we want to admit it or not, we begin to fertilize the hearts of our children. I can prove it to you biblically. I'm just going to quote it to you. Exodus 20 verse 5 says, The iniquities or the sins of the fathers go to the third and the fourth generations. And so right here in this man's life, because of what he did, it not only was going to affect him, it was affecting his children. Now I know a man that he began to tell me, and this was a man who, who was like Achan, guys. Achan was covenant. He knew God, just like we do. And what I mean by covenant for us is we confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. And so I knew this man. I believe he loved Jesus. But he began to get frustrated at God and upset with God. And he came to the stuff, God, why aren't you moving in my life? Why does it feel like day after day all hell has broke loose in my life? And he said this to me. He said, the Lord said to me, I've dealt with you over and over about the things in your house. And I asked him, what was the Lord talking about? And he said, I hate to admit this to you. But he said, I've had a problem watching pornography on TV. He said, I have all kinds of movies in my house. And he said, the Lord said to me, until you remove that junk from your house, I can't bless you. Basically, you're doomed to destruction. See, this is what happens when, when believers, when we think, I can live however I want, God's going to bless me. No, He's not. He's not going to bless you and He's not going to bless me. And so I asked the guy what happened and he said, everything that I had, movies and magazines, he said, I burned them. Or I broke them up. He said, not only did I not want to see them no more, 
He said, I didn't want anybody else to see them. And he said, when I clean that junk out of my house and quit yielding to that, he said, God began to move in my life. It was almost like a fresh anointing and power came back in. And he said, there was freedom. I believe this is exactly what the Lord is using through this passage in Achan. And a lot of times, guys, we don't want to do this, but even Joshua said here in Joshua 24, 15, he said, listen, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. We're going to serve God. Now, in my own life, maybe this illustration will ha help you. This is how God deals with me. He'll always say to me, in things in my life, whether I'm going somewhere or going to watch a movie, the Lord will say, just ask yourself, where you're going tonight, would Jesus go with you? Or would you want Jesus to go with you? And you want know my flesh? He doesn't like it. It's like, oh, crap. That's in the Greek. And then when we watch movies, some of the movies we watch, next time just pull up an extra chair and let Jesus sit by you. And think, would Jesus like what I'm getting ready to watch? Or would we nudge Him and say, hey, Jesus... There's fixing to be a pretty graphic sex scene here, but it only lasts for a couple minutes. It'll be alright. Or, shut your eyes. Because you're not old enough to see this yet. And you say, the Lord deals with you that way? Absolutely. And you know what? There's times my flesh doesn't like it, but my spirit does, because you know why? I know God wants the best for me. And so I believe each one of you, you've got to ask yourself, would Jesus, would He, would he respect... Would he like what I'm doing in my life? And some of you say, man, I hate that illustration. Well, there may be a reason. There may be a reason. Keep reading verse 25. And Joshua said, Why have you troubled us? Why have you troubled us? Remember, remember Romans 6.23, The wages of sin is death. And, and right here, Joshua says to him, why have you troubled us? Now think about this. There were 36 men who died because of this guy's choices. Why have you troubled us? Now keep reading. The Lord will trouble you this day. So all of Israel stoned him with stones. And they burned him with fire after they had stoned him with the stones. And you say, they didn't play around. No. They knew God took sin seriously. And you may say, and this was my question, I said, wait a minute, Father God, why did they stone him and kill him? He confessed his sin. He repented of it. You know the reason this happened? Because in verse 15, and I didn't read this, but in Joshua 7, 15, it says, the Lord told him, whoever you find that did this, burn them. Burn them. In other words, get rid of it. And you say, man, that's rugged. Well, when I begin to study Achan's life, when Moses was alive, on two different occasions before this, he had also stolen. Now, what happens when I begin to see this in our lives as human beings? That when we sin or we do something that we know is not right, and we think we get away with it, we think there's no consequences, we keep doing it. I've been there. 
where I thought, there's no concept. I can keep doing it. Nothing's going to happen. And so before long, because of sin, you know what it does? It makes my heart hard. And I have the mentality, I can do whatever I want. It's going to be okay. But God had warned him over and over. And you don't think God's mercies are, are new every day? God had mercy him and mercy him and mercy him. So he does it for the third time. And I believe in this passage right here, God was wanting to bless him. God was wanting him to do what's right. He was, he was saying, Aiken, just do what's right so I can bless you. But he wouldn't do it. What's the end result of sin? The wages of sin's death. Keep reading. Then they raised over him a great heap of stones. So they burn him, they stone him, and then they put him right here. They build this massive monument right by Walmart. And so every day, and this is paraphrasing, so every day when all the people are going to Walmart or going to work, you know what they see? They see this huge monument. And you know what it would do to me? I would look and say, oh my gosh, I remember what happened to that dude. I don't want to go down that road. And in our lives, you know how we learn? We learn one of two ways. We learn by our parents speaking into our life or other people saying, you can't do that. See, remember we talked about that last week. It's healthy for you to be able to say no. Someone to be able to tell you no. Let me ask you this right now. Who in your life can tell you no? Can anyone in your life tell you no? You can't do that, Ben. And you may say, I can do whatever I want. See, I remember years ago, I knew a pastor who Dion Sander was going to his church. And when Dion was, it was when he was playing with the cowgirls. And so Dion went in there, and this pastor said to him, he said, Dion, who can tell you no? And you know what Dion Sanders replied? Nobody. I'm going to tell you, if nobody can tell you no, you better get ready. The second way we learn, the hard way. And in this passage right here, Achan's children weren't, weren't killed. But you know what happened? When, when they killed Achan, they brought up all of his children. Joshua brought up his sons and his daughters. And he made his children witness what happened to him. You know why? Because he wanted it to be a deterrent to them. And he wanted them also to know, you sin like your daddy. There's going to be consequences. Consequences. See, it's not because God doesn't love us. God wants to bless us. How do you know? Look at how this passage ends right here. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of His anger. Therefore, the name of that place has been called the Valley of Accor to this day. When they removed the sin, when they got rid of it, what happened? God came back in and He began to restore and when I saw this, I kept reading. You know what happened? From that time forward, when they went into battle, I don't know how many days it was later, but they went up to Ai, that city where they'd previously lost. They went in and just wiped them out. And they kept wiping them out. You know why? They removed the sin, and then they were able to go in victory against their enemies. And the destruction that had doomed them, it ended. It ended. I believe that's the same for our lives. Uh, John 14, 15 says this, that if you love me, obey my commands. He didn't say, if you love me, do whatever you want. He said, if you, a sign that I really love God is that I'm going to obey God. 
I'm going to obey you. And this may be a fresh start for some of you today to say, you know what? We're going to do a little house cleaning. We're going to do a little spring cleaning in July. And what I mean by house cleaning, stuff that's in your heart that you know. You know, you know Proverbs 26.2 says, A curse cannot come without a cause. You know what that means? Only way a curse can come after us if it's warranted by our choices. And so I look at all this and I think, man, I know God wants to set us free. I know God wants to heal people both physically and spiritually. I know God wants to, to touch the broken. I know He does. But just like the Israelites, guys, we've got to go through that sanctifying process. And I don't know about you, it makes me happy. I think, yes. I want to get that junk out of my life, everything within me, so man, God can bless me. Where He's going to say, oh man, you know what gets to happen to you? You get to live that milk and honey life. That, that, that blessed life where there's peace and joy in your life day by day by day. But I can't keep walking around, guys, with unforgiveness. I can't keep walking around with, with sin in my life. Stand on your feet with me. Stand up. See, you know, when you preach this stuff, you don't get a lot of amens. Actually, there's a lot of you that say, I'd like to stone him today. Well, you know what, guys? I love you. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. I promise you. Because I fear God more than I fear you. And you know what? They're going to come a day. When I read the Scriptures back there in, in Timothy, I believe it is, where it says specifically to me as a pastor, I'm going to judge you with a stricter judgment. And that literally scares the health out of me. You know what? I fear God. Not only do I fear God, I, you know what? The only way you get set free is to hear the truth. I could come in here and tell you guys, man, you know, do whatever you want. God's going to bless you. Once saved, always saved. Praise God. Get born again today and just go party like it's 1999. That wouldn't do you no good. Bow your head with me.